So, Ethan, what did you think of the Discovery's journey into the Eye of Sauron? I thought that it was, um, you know, you know what they say. One does not simply walk into the DMA. Yes. Did you not? So, when I first saw it, I thought, that's the, I, I, all I could see, all I could not, I could not unsee the Eye of Sauron when I saw that I, rip I in the fabric of space. Yeah. That's nice. Nice connection. I, I thought you would like this one because this was a classic Trek episode. This was flying right into a strange space phenomena and dealing with that throughout the entire episode. I thought this was just, I, yeah. I love that you say that. And that's sort of how I felt on first watch. But then I watched it a second time. And then I realized that that's felt like an afterthought to oh, yeah. everything else. You had Book's dad. You yep. had the ship was sad and anxious. Yep. You had all these other things going on that got way more focus of the episode than did the space uh, anomaly that they were smack dab in the middle of. And I, I, like I always say, like I always say, right, you recommended that I check out the Next Generation episode where silence has lease. And I did, and I, and I always joke and say, watching Next Generation episodes makes it hard to watch Discovery. And I think because I watched Next Gen in between well, my first and second viewing of this episode. Oh, yeah. So I ruined it for you, in a, in a sense. Well, no, but you, you, what you did is you snapped me out of the stupor that <laughs> Discovery put me into. So I'm happy to report that I was awoken. Yeah. I was hypnotized and then brought out of it. Well, the reason I mentioned Where Silence Has Lease is because when, when the episode was finished, I do my normal thing where I go into the Trek BBS. I want to see what people are saying about it. And the, so first the, the general feeling is that it feels pretty positive about the episode, specifically the DMA um, part of the episode. Nobody's really, there was some talk about the Zora plot. Nobody really mentioned the book plot. So when it stayed, when, no, when people weren't really positive on the development of book's relationship with his dead father. Well, I think it was because it was a very, it seemed that it had gone back to a standard type of Trek episode where they're just dealing with a weird space phenomenon. So I think everybody was sort of like focused on that. Like, oh, Discovery's doing this. That's This is what I want to be seeing. I've been waiting for an episode like this for so long. So understandable, right? And mm -hmm. so, but it seemed like a lot, of, they were drawing a lot of comparisons to the season two episode where Silence Has Lease from Next Generation. Um, there were just some similarities, you know, specifically like, oh, there's a hole in space. They go in and they're not getting any readings. There's nothing out there. And, um, you know, it's not the first episode where, they, where, Star Trek, where Star Trek crew encounters a hole in space. I mean, it's happened on the original series, too. But it seemed like it had the most in common with where silence has lease. And I find that interesting. I... Highly doubt that it's Nagilam, but if it is, I'm just gonna be like, okay, that's that's 
cool, I guess. I wish that it would be. It seems like a stretch to me, but... I wish that it would be only because I have to assume that Nagilam is better than whatever is coming for us on this season. So... As dumb as Nagilam is... <laughs> no, it's not even dumb. It's just, you know, it's an old Trek thing. There's yes. a, the powerful being that wants to study human behavior and has no regard for human life mm -hmm. and just wants to do experiments and see how we humans react. Well, and that fine. That's great. Give me your hot take on that episode on West Silence at least, because I, I know it's not, I don't think it's very, um, when you talk about like the best episodes of Trek, I don't, you don't normally see that there, but you also don't see it unlike the worst episodes either. I think it's just very much in the middle. I think it's a quite a good episode. I think that's when Next Gen was still dealing with the weird space phenomena. All right, yeah, but, so, all right, here's my hot take. It's not that hot. Give but, me your take, yes. My, um, like I said, I just said, I love the idea of the powerful being that wants to study human reactions. The thing going all the way back to the cage, really. Hmm. That's kind of what we got going on, which is excellent. Um, I like the mood of the episode. Uh, you know, the, I think the show gets some flack for having just that very flat, solid lighting often, where everything kind of looks like a soap opera. But this episode used lighting to great effect, even great. on the the Enterprise itself. Yeah, they really gave you the sense of dread and danger. Yeah, did you so think? One thing that I think TNG does not get enough credit for is that it, in the early seasons, it's very effective, I think, at making making things scary. And I thought that this episode did that pretty effectively. Again, you mentioned the lighting. I think about the music, the haunting soundtrack that it had. Um, I liked the the weirdness when they beamed aboard the USS Yamato, you're hearing these like weird sounds sort of permeating through the corridors. Um, again, and you know, that I think, and even the lighting in, on that. So um, did you find that, is that an aspect of the show that you recognize like the this overall sense of like, the scare, I guess the scariness of it? I did, I found that to be very good and very effective. Hmm. One thing I thought was strange and you can probably you know, inform me on this. You remember the episodes and seasons a lot better than I do, but did it seem like the show had a very low opinion of Worf at that point? Because Worf lost his mind as soon as he saw that there was another bridge. He right. just became a violent, crazy person. Yeah. Um... That one seemed not that uh, not, well, it's not a charitable depiction of, of Worf. No, I mean, I've seen, over the years, I mean, I've seen, like, various, like, YouTube compilations of Worf, like, getting continually shut down whenever he suggests something. Or, so, um, I don't know. I, 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 unhinged. Totally you got unhinged. You got unhinged and Riker saying... The reason he saw there were two bridges, and then he was like, two bridge? One Riker, one bridge! Yeah. yeah. And, and then he started freaking out and pulling yeah. the door open. And Yelling and Klingon, yeah. Um, yeah, weird. I don't see how he could have made it up as high as he did with those sorts of uh, violent outbursts. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe they were still figuring him out. I mean, I think that I, I think that could have been anybody though. I don't, I think like if they chose to bring on Jordy instead, what? Which, but I feel like he would have gone through the same thing. So I feel like aside from like shouting and Klingon, um, nothing about it felt specific to Worf. It was just that Worf was the one they chose to go on the away mission. Um, mm. But it seemed like he was more prone. He was very prone yeah. to violence. But he wasn't meant to go on that away mission. No. Yeah. Well, um, no, here's one thing that does make sense, right? You know who didn't go on the away mission? The friggin' captain. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> love that. We're in a crazy place in space. There's a ship that shouldn't be there. None of this makes sense. Oh, Riker how about, we don't, how about Right. But how about we don't send the highest ranking person who's in charge of everything because that would be stupid. Oh, so oh I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was great. Uh, here's what else I liked. I like to see that there is a hierarchy and there are ranks and there are regulations to Starfleet. We, we I forgot about that from having watched so much Discovery recently. <laughs> uh, there's a moment when they have no power and Jordy needs to go check on it. They can't communicate to engineering and Jordy says to Picard, permission to leave the bridge. Picard says permission granted. Yeah. It's a small thing, but there is there are protocols. Yeah, you, you it's funny you mention that because you're right and I don't know if I I know the answer. I think I know the answer. Please. But that's let me just say this. That specifically permission to leave the bridge. That doesn't happen in every episode. I can't even think of an instance where that happened again on that show. Right, or any of the other fair. shows, right? But I but I know what you mean. It you know with Riker, for instance, pulling Worf out of the turbo between the doors and yelling at him, saying, Pull yourself together. If that moment were done on Discovery, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine, right? <laughs> I got such a good point. You know, it, it, it it's it's I think that Discovery, while there is a command structure, what I, the sense I get is, and maybe it speaks to the way Michael captains, but I actually think it's the way the writers approach it. It's like a ship of close friends. And it's seen, it, at a time, and most of the time, it only seems like rank doesn't really matter. Saru seems to be, and he does it in this episode, Saru seems to be the only one who really kind of enforces that or will tell somebody no. And and not in like in, in you know sometimes in an assuring way, but he can be very, very much like Riker was with Worf. Yes, it's just it's not it's just no that's an order. He doesn't have to explain it. Right. Where normally everyone else, there's a there's a talk about right. You know how right. we feel about the order. Yes. So it seems like if Michael were in an important meeting. It's like when you watch these episodes and you see everybody at Starfleet headquarters standing in that circle. Okay, that's a that's a that's a high-ranking meeting. Okay? It seems to me that anybody can just wander into that meeting. Book is in that yeah, meeting. Even book. Yeah, yeah right? Like excuse me. Be there. Right? Yeah, it's I like want somebody it, to say like, it'd be uh, like What's going on here? Can we get the non-Starfleet people out, please? 
It'd be like just wandering into a board meeting at a company that you work for. Yeah, right? yeah. And just, just, you so, know, yeah, just reaching out and grabbing one of the snacks off the table. I mean, what's going right. on, guys? So, yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to... I don't think that... It, to me, that's not a huge, huge deal. But I, but I think it's one of those things that you don't... You, you, you don't realize you've missed it until you actually see... Until you're reminded yeah, of it. And, and obviously, we can't have every character asking permission to do everything. That would be silly. But I see at that moment as just more of a symbolic um, moment. Right. It was just reminded me that, oh, right, this is more akin to a military organization. Right. In its like, structure, in its hierarchy, than it is to, I don't know, like, I work in a high school. like a high, Even a high school, where it's yeah. like, you know, there's a principal... There's a superintendent, and you kind of well, no, even the high school, even the high school has more, but um, you know, but all the teachers are sort of equals, and they kind of just there's yeah. No and Discovery, hierarchy. it feels that way. I mean, the most yeah, common maybe Vance gets a degree in the president. Like you can think of the president as the superintendent, Vance is the principal, and everybody else is just on equal footing. Right. I mean, we've seen Michael obviously gotten slapped down by Vance last season, but. There's yeah, a lot you gotta, of you got to do something pretty. The in the past, the in past shows, the most commonly used like sort of militaristic phrase would be permission to speak freely. Go ahead, and then they get into that That's discussion. That's an order. Like they don't. I can't think now. I'm not going to say Discovery hasn't done that. I'm not saying you have to just throw that in more often. Mm. It, it's just like. You know, I'm not saying, oh, it's going to be a better show if you say permission to leave the bridge or permission to speak freely. I, I would just say, just have that in mind is all I'm saying. Just remember yeah, that just stuff. A, yeah. A little bit of it. Yeah. A little bit of it goes a long way. Yeah. But just remind us that we're on a, this is not just a bunch of friends going for a road trip. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they encounter some trouble. Right. Along the way. Yeah. So I, 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 I get that. I, I, I get that. I get that. But it seemed to me like you liked where Silence has least. But I, I would assume you don't think it's. It, I wouldn't call it a, one of the best TNG entries. But it's oh, also no. not really much of a bad one either. No, no, it wasn't a bad one. It was great. It was, it was very nice. Yeah. It was everything I would want from a next gen episode, honestly. Yeah. And but I, I, I would have confidence that Lower Decks would do that. Would do an episode like that. Oh, I could see Lower Decks definitely meeting the Nagalum. Oh, God, that would be fantastic if they meet Nagalum again. If they meet Nagalum. That would be great. That would be great. I love um, that there's, a, like, and just side note, I love yeah. that there's, like, an outlet for that now where you can say, like, you're like, you'd be like, oh, I can totally see them bringing this thing back on Lower Decks. Like, if, this, if it's going to come back, Lower Decks is going to do it. It's going to be Lower Decks, yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, so one of the reasons I think this probably does not, is it's not Nagalum, is that we've had many of these theories have come up through this show and they've never panned out the red angel right. was one um i think something with the last season with the dilithium was there was another one uh of course famously the borg somebody and, thought uh, somebody thinks i saw somebody at one point postulate that maybe the the uh the uh uh dma itself is somehow linked to vijer which I, I think V'ger came into play some in an earlier season too, and I'm like, you people need to let I think go. Everybody of this. just wants V'ger. You, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you people need to let go of this V'ger thing. Like, honestly, <laughs> I hope someone one day works V'ger in in a good way. Yeah, uh, but I understand the impulse in wanting it, but yeah, I yeah. don't think it's gonna happen. Um, 
So, yeah, that's why I think that that's likely not going uh, to happen. I think people thought that the DMA was originally some uh, similar phenomenon that we saw in an episode of Voyager, like was it was like a season six episode. So, well, and I, and I said this many episodes back, I love that the Trek universe is so rich that we can look back at its history and say, hey, maybe it's connected to this because maybe it's, that's fun to do. It is. But... It would be so, like, why does it have to be connected to anything at all? Why can't it just be its own thing? I mean, not to say that I wouldn't really care if it was Nagilam, but I'd be more, I'd be a little disappointed because I, I want it to be its own unique thing. I don't want this to, I don't need to be constantly reminded. Well, here's the thing. So if they did do Nagilam, <laughs> um, it's... It's such a deep cut, is my favorite term, that I don't yeah. believe that that would be any like, we're, oh man, they're exploiting the nostalgia. Nobody has nostalgia for Nagilum. No. And, well, and I think it would just be cool. But this reminds me of the fact that they even said, you know, um, here are some other things that it couldn't be that we think it might. So the show is finally starting to at least acknowledge that they're not the first ones to be out right. of space. Right. Here's the thing, right? So. You mentioned it earlier when we were talking about this. You said there's a hole in space, and we've seen that before. And yet, when Discovery encounters it, they're like, this can't exist. There's no way. This isn't a thing. It must be man-made. When, but then in this episode, Saru, I now you get one of you can fill me in because Saru says something about how Enterprise said this and Voyager said that in their report, but I don't, I'm not sure what he was referencing. It wasn't so. It was weird it, when it wasn't clear if they were talking about like an existing episode, or if they were talking because there's a Voyager in that century, and so and was Saru you know, also Enterprise, though. right? And was Saru saying there was? So that was a little. Okay. That seemed a little ambiguous to me. I, I was like, because I mean, one would assume they would have an Enterprise. I would. I would assume so. Um, because here's the thing. Not to, you know, I know, I'm jumping ahead for a minute here, but at the end of this episode where they decide to hide the crew in the transporter buffer, that's been done before. That's how, that's how they retrieved Scotty in the TNG episode Relics. He was hidden inside of a transporter buffer and pulled out for 70 oh. years. So um, I like that this, now, they definitely get points for me because the solution was... Um, borrowed from a trek episode so like i like i like that idea so that like that that shows they me reference that, it or did they seem like they made it up. they didn't specify that they didn't like say we're gonna do it like when scotty was hidden on the uss Genoa. like they didn't do that but every but fans know what fans know well enough to say oh we know what that is and i don't think the writers need to like that's not something that i think the writers need to articulate no, they, can just say, they oh, know that they know that we will know that they they know that right they know right, they right. they know that we know Scotty did the same they thing. They know Right. So it's weird because it tells me like they, they're definitely going back and doing research, right? Yes, so but 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 yeah. and this is where I want a little bit of and I mentioned this before, but a little bit of lower decks on this, right? When something happens, lower decks is the only one that acknowledges, well no, this has happened thirteen other times and here they all are. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we mean need a little bit of fear I think you could have because had a mo they, they yeah. said what it isn't but they should have said it isn't Nagilum because it's close enough right 
Now, here's why I would like for it to be Nagila. Not because I think Nagila's particularly great, or I long for the glory days of Nagila. <laughs> it's just that it, I imagine it being another Osira-type situation, and I just think, no, I, I, just a super intelligence that wants to find out how humans react to things mm. sounds so much more appealing than anything like Osira or the the sad kid about his mom. Yep. Right. So I'm definitely informed by my past disappointments in this. I, I, I don't want it to be Nagilam only because I, I, I think that would so I think that would be an odd choice. Because Nagilam is a one off villain. If you even want to call him a villain at all. Nagilam never came back. He's just some random some random villain and some random antagonist from a next gen from a season two next gen episode and you may say to me it's almost like a q light yes and you may say to me yeah but that's great because it's okay but i I just think for me that's that's not i would rather it be something original because i i don't want i know that we live in this world where everything is nostalgic there's callbacks this and that and star trek is obviously really big on doing that sort of thing but I don't want Discovery needs to carve out its own canon. And I don't but let me want, put it this way. Yeah. Even if there was no Nagilam in a next gen episode, but we found out this episode was about this character Nagilam who did the same kind of stuff and it was a new idea, I would still love it. I just think it's a better idea than what I expect. So mm. it's partially me having no faith that this is gonna turn out interesting. Yeah, um, my, I, I think my hope is that it's going to be something, you know, they say, I mean, I was disappointed that they said this seems to be like an intelligence behind it. There's, it was man-made or whatever the hell they said. Now, I jumped to conclusions a little bit because I said, oh, well, now I immediately think, oh, it was done for nefarious purposes, you know. But if you take the idea of like V'ger for a second, right, V'ger was not. Vijer was perceived as a threat, but Vijer was not really a threat. Vijer was just looking for its creator. Vijer was sent, was a satellite that was sent out. It got reprogrammed by some machine planet and sent back in search of its creator. And in its search for its creator became a threat to humanity. It was a perceived threat, but it wasn't actually a threat. It was just Vijer looking for its creator. The way it was looking for its creator was just happened to be threatening to, the, to humanity. I would like to see something like that, where like even if there might be an intelligence behind it, Maybe this DMA was created because maybe something got out of control or like, I don't want it to be like, oh, it's some evil mustache twirling bad person who created this thing. And now it's, you know, it's almost like I would want it to happen sort of like almost as if it's like it just what if it's like a tech, an, a technology that just evolved? You know, I don't want to like get into the idea like, oh, what if it's like something like control? I almost said AI, but I don't want to get into that. But like something like that that got out of hand and became right. this maybe thing. Had a, maybe had a useful function at first. Yes, yes. Like to clean up space junk or Like something. not everything has to be so like bad person wants to destroy this big threat. Like, so yeah, like I don't, w- I'll be very disappointed if that's what it ends up be- being. Well, yeah, well, I, I, that's all we've gotten so far. That's all they seem to know how to write at this point anyway, but I mean... Look, they've 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 shown me that they can at least write. Because I think they've made some pretty 
giant steps in the first four episodes at the very least with the writing on this show. And um, I don't want them to kind of fall back on all, to what we've seen previously. I want, I want this to continue. Now, we didn't really care for last week's episode. You and I seem a little split on this one. But I still think that this one is better than anything they would have done last season. Mm. Right. All right. So back to this episode. That's a weird bar. I mean, that's a bar. That's the bar we're at now. So. Yes. Back to this episode. Okay. So here's my one of my issues. I did like the fact. I, so I like being inside the anomaly. I like them trying to figure it out. I like them sending out probes. Um. I like them solving the problem and whatnot. Um, what I didn't like, well, I told you I didn't like the book dad storyline. Yeah. But what I really didn't like is that when it came to the climax of the episode, mm-hmm. and this is the big realization that I made, right? So a lot of the complaint is that it's all about people's emotions and it's my destiny to be there or my lost my family in a hurricane so I have to be there or, uh, you know, She's my boyfriend, so he has to be here. All this kind of stuff. So then when the climax of this came, and it was the ship having emotional problems, then that's when I realized, oh, my God, now the ship has emotional problems. It wasn't enough that everyone in the crew has emotional problems. (laughs) Now we've got to worry about the ship, right? We don't want to Now we have to have heart-to-hearts about our feelings with the ship. And that's what turned me way off of the second. I I think... I think it was definitely you because I've said to you a million times since last season, when is this? Why is this not a problem for people that why is this not a problem that the discovery computer seems to be seems to have be evolving? Why is this not a bigger concern? Why is Starfleet not looked into this? They just shrug it off. It's now gotten to the point where now it's an issue and it's putting them in danger. So this is so they had to wait for somebody. They had to wait for a crew member to die, an unnamed an unnamed crew member whose name who's by the way whose death I felt but more than Ariam's I will say. Um, they had to wait for that to happen in order for this to be an issue. Yeah, um, I didn't think that was the ship's fault. Honestly, I think the ship did everything right. But but I think you're right. I I, I don't the show. I still like the episode, but I think the the overall aspect, this overall aspect of the show, of just everybody having some sort of emotional crisis every single week, it's just and in the middle of it's exhausting. Right. Like we just what we need, right? Is what we need. We need a hologram of Riker to grab everybody and say, "Get yourself together." Put yourself together, yeah. Because look, I'm not. In the military, I never will be, but um, I don't know how, you know, what Starfleet's training program is like. Star Trek, obviously, is very reflective of the times that we live. Okay, now, are we living in a time where people have more emotional problems and they're relating more to what they're seeing on screen? I I don't know. But you've got to have some sort of, like, continuity between your shows in that respect. And... When you're dealing with a ship that has an entire crew with emotional problems all the time, and now a ship itself with emotional problems, it's like, I don't know if I really want to be, if I'm Admiral Vance, I'd be like, I don't know if I really want to be sending that ship out there because this crew can't right. seem to Or maybe this crew needs to be split up and put with some stable emotional people. So instead of everyone 
yes. being in crisis. You have a you know a couple in crisis, but most people are holding it together. Are we like? Oh my god! I just had a thought. Are we gonna have like Culber now having counseling sessions with Zora? Well, Gray already did, and Michael did. But sure, but that was in the moment. Yeah. So you say Gray uh, Zora? The ship is gonna book time with Culber. Yes. Yeah. No. You're gonna see Culber sitting in the chair. There's gonna be that, you know, graphical representation of Zora sitting right across from him. You know, is that what we're gonna be dealing with? So. It's like, perhaps, perhaps. And here's the thing, right? So you said mention the audience, right? So I am a. a I go to therapy. Yep. I've gone to therapy for a long time. I talk about my feelings. Hell, I was a liter English literature teacher. Of course, I talk about feelings all the time. Yeah. I'm not a tough person that's, you know, doesn't mm. want people to talk about their feelings or they need to man up or any of that nonsense. And yet, I'm get I'm tired of it now. I Yeah, because I think and I do the and I the same with you. I also do therapy um and it helps. Yeah. Well, and absolutely. but I'm just, so I'm I'm one person. I'm just of the opinion. Okay, I like seeing things on a show that I can relate to. Okay, but when I see something that is so that hits so close to home like that, I don't want to see that because it's also an escape. I want to like we talk about the Detmer PTSD thing. Okay, and we've talked about how that's like I think insulting to people who have had PTSD. Okay. I don't think it helps that you see somebody on screen with PTSD. I th what helps is how they dealt with it because you went through the same thing. I don't need to see somebody going through the same thing I'm seeing. I need to see somebody, I need to see how that person has dealt with it and is getting through, and is getting through it. That's where it helps me. Okay, now I have, that, now as I said, that's just me. That's not everybody. Okay, everybody wants to look at it differently. Wants to look at it differently. That's how I look at it though. Yeah. Uh, it's, that brings up another issue that I have is, so one of the ones I think that was most handled well, one of the, Muscle situations was Tilly. Tilly had lost her purpose. She was, you know, getting depressed and, and right. uh, rudderless. And she tried some new things. She found something she seemed to be good at. And then she decided, hey, I'm going to do this other thing. Mm -hmm. and, That's great. But rather than show us her being happy or in her new life, they've removed her from the show. Very much like the Detmer, th Detmer, Detmer thing. They they ended it right as it got interesting, but yes, and George O. So it's it's kind of interesting. We see characters struggle, but once their struggle is over, the show has no use for them. The show considers it resolved because the show only wants to see people struggling. It seems like yes, yeah. So we saw George O. Gone, Tilly, gone, um, Detmer's if it never happened. Yep, and Detmer doesn't matter. Am I to infer that Zora is eventually going to disappear too? Probably. Mm. Or, or, or their crisis will continue into infinity. Yeah, I, I because here's the thing: if this were any other Trek show, I think that that would actually be a very interesting idea. But we've just been hit over the head so many times on this show with somebody with emotional problems, just over and over again. And now we're getting it. Now the ship is somebody that we have to worry about. So if that had like been Voyager and it Voyager had like evolved to the point where like 
it, where it became Zora-like, I'd be like, that's interesting. That's a very cool science fiction idea. But again, because oh, it would have been we, cool in six, that'd be seven rather could have been the one to the gray role of talking to the ship. Right now we've seen, and here's the thing we've, we've had episodes, we've had an episode of TNG similar to this where the enterprise evolved and formed an intelligence, but it was using the holodeck to live out. The holodeck was sort of like the enterprise's imagination. Okay. And it was yeah, very, so it was very weird. Knew. Even the Enterprise, you know, we've got duty, and then we have personal life. We're gonna keep yes. So the Enterprise. So what ended up happening was, like, the Enterprise wasn't speaking like Zora, wasn't speaking like an AI, because that's not where we were in the real world technology-wise, right? But the Enterprise was becoming the the crew couldn't really control the ship very well, and so they had to kind of figure it out through the symbolic nature of what was being shown on the holodeck. So it was like a puzzle. That's. Uh, and that makes for a lot more interesting episode than just a ship saying, I'm, I'm scared. Right. So, um, well, because I think making, I still think it's an interesting idea. I just think that in this episode, it was like you were still, in, they were still in danger anyway when they had to escape. So, like, the danger was still there. You're adding one more level of danger with Zora when... You know, are they going to get out of there? Are they not going to get out of there? Like, that's where the drama was. Yeah, so not if... then I think the drama was taken away from, is their plan going to work? And is Michael going to be able to um, that's all know, we calm need. down Zora? Yeah, that's all we needed. We just needed the crew in the transporter buffer and then Michael, not, you know, taking the ship out. Are they going to make it? That's right, all. that would have been fine. But that now fine. it's, yeah. Oh, no, is Zora going to be able to calm down enough to, to do it? Right. It's and, okay, Zora. It's okay to be scared. Or and, and is this going to be... I'm going to tell you something right now. After this, they better fucking bring this up to Starfleet Command and have them... Because I'm going to be very upset if they don't. Right. Yeah. And how are you going to send that ship out on a mission unless you take care of this? And I'm still... If you don't know that the ship's going to cooperate and execute your commands. Yeah. How can you send it back out? And does it mean we're going to get a measure of a Zora episode? <laughs> the measure of a starship? The measure of a discovery? Yeah. Um, we could, because, you know, they might say, oh, well, we got we to get rid of this bit of code, right? And then they're yeah. going to say, someone's going to say, you can't. It's a thing. It's a person. And yeah. Like, All right, so put the person on a thumb drive and then get it out of my ship. Yeah, again, I, I, I'm not saying that it is not an interesting idea. I just think that um, this was not the time for it. Um, and, and again, I like what you said. I, now it's just one more thing with emotional issues that we have to worry about. Um, yeah. So, I, th I mean, that's multiple stories again in, 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 in the episode. But I, th I would say that one to me is the weakest one. Um, I... I go back to them just being in the this the idea of them being in this hole in space and trying to science their way out of it and figure this all out. Um, I liked that. I mean, I, it felt like there there were there were elements of classic Trek in there for me that I really liked, and um, that's that's why I liked that. That was why I liked the episode so much. I liked that it was sort of a return. To that, and I was, and I was, I was genuinely invested, and I was nervous when they went in there, and they were just sitting in total blackness. 
right? I, I liked it. I liked that. I was, I was, I was there. I was, I was on board with that. Mm-hmm. Here's a question that ties in with the bigger story relating to this DM. Hmm. According to the mashed potato piece, it should have been a device at the center, right? Yeah. Where was that guy, by the way? Right. They never picked up a device, did they? In their scans or anything. Um, there was a preview. There was a clip for next week, which I think they mentioned a device. But I can't remember if they established that last week. Oh, I don't remember yeah. the mention. Yeah. Which so, brings... How yeah. do you feel about this as far as just moving forward the main... DMA story. Um, well, we learned some stuff because of what Book did. Oh, well, I don't. We didn't learn anything specifically. Well, no, it showed them how to escape. No, that showed them how to escape. Um, we haven't really learned anything. I don't feel like I've gained any new information just yet. Um. And maybe that's because there's nothing, there's no new information to learn just yet. We have not seen the DMA uh, for, you know, for a few weeks. Um, It hasn't, I mean, we had had it in the prison episode. But it hasn't done anything truly on the scale of what it did to books, planet. So I, I think... What I'm not getting from it is I'm not... The threat that this thing poses has not been maintained. In other words, like it's not like the, uh, the planet killer on the Doomsday Machine just going around gobbling up solar systems and we've got to stop it before it gets to the solar system, right? It, it doesn't seem to be this sort of continual threat because they don't know where it's going to show up and they didn't know where the planet killer was going to go, really. So... I need that sort of reminder mm-hmm. of the threat that it poses. Like, okay, it can destroy planets. What else can it do? Is there anything else that it can planet, do? But then we saw it destroy an asteroid, which is much less impressive. Right. So and then we saw it destroy a probe droid. Right. Whatever. So it yeah, like it. I, I need. I need to better understand. Sort of the. Uh, you know, or just keep showing us the danger. Remind us that it's dangerous. Remind us, yeah. I need I mean, to see the spectrum. A little bit of the ship, but that's nothing compared to. I need to see the spectrum of danger that this thing poses. Um, and yes, I need to see the full power of this technological terror that you've created. Yes, yes. So now. If it was something like the Planet Killer and the Doomsday Machine, then you've got something there because it's again, it's this this machine wandering through the galaxy, eating yeah. up solar systems. That's pretty clear. I, even, yeah, and it makes the Death Star look weak. Death Star has to, you know, right? It has to boot up and then it has to shoot a laser. It has so, to go close to a thing. This thing can, you know, teleport around. Yeah, I, I, so I just, I, I need to see more of that. I need to see more of that. Um, just so I can totally... Yeah, it seems awfully lucky that in all of its random appearing, it has not destroyed any other planet, so we'd like to believe. Right, it hasn't done that yet. And and like I said, I think that in order for me to truly buy the stakes, I mean, I think Book's Planet was a good 
um, way to yeah. begin it. But again, you know, what if it, what if it eats up the Andorian homeworld? What if it, or what if it takes yeah. out a planet in our solar system? Not maybe not Earth, but what if it took out Jupiter or something? I don't know. Here's something interesting, yeah. and actually, don't know if it was the plan, but scientifically accurate is that space is mostly the space in between things. Yes. Like if yeah. you randomly had something appear in space, I think it's true that most of the time it would just land in nothingness. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it's accurate. Maybe so, but you know, I, I okay. That's great that they're being. That's great that they're being scientifically accurate, but that doesn't that doesn't make for good drama. That's a good point. That's good right. Point. That's great. Okay, awesome. Neil deGrasse Tyson, we very we'll be very happy about that. <laughs> but I mean, they haven't. I mean, the threat that it poses. You know, it's going to pose a big threat in the final episode of the season, right? It's going to be poised to eat Earth or Navarre or something. But um, I think it needs to... We need to increase the stakes here. We need to... And I'm not saying... Like, I need that... I get no sense of, like... I kind of want there to be a sense of impending doom. I know I was saying a few weeks ago, like, I don't like how there's this ticking clock thing. But I feel like this plot kind of calls for that in some way. Like, I need there to be some kind of, like... You know, they say, oh, it threatens all life in the galaxy. Well, sure. But it hasn't really reappeared and, dem- and, and taken anything else out. It's taken out one planet and an asteroid with a prism. With, 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 that only had one person on it, by the way, because I got everybody else off. So right. I, I, need, I need more. I need more of the... Um, I, need, I need an Alderaan moment. Yes, and it also showed that if you wind up smack in the middle of it you're fine right for a while right so yeah those are all things like what i mean can uh, yeah i mean it it, taking out book's planet okay because it makes because he can that was great that was great great. although now we have to deal with an angry book every time any step of this comes along which is another thing where you're surprised that starfleet command hasn't stepped in so this guy's unhinged right you know his planet was lost he um every time you try to do something he at least threatens to fuck it up by going rogue right maybe you would stop after a couple of times of him threatening to go rogue you would say you know what this is too important to have someone yeah. that could go rogue at yeah so I, I i think i just kind of feel like like they haven't necessarily done anything wrong i just feel like you know you guys need to kind of pick up the pace here right so that's 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 kind of how I feel about it. I just I want the the pace needs to pick up a little bit here. Yeah, and I, honestly, you can cut book down a lot. Hmm. I mean, like you said, in the discussion, you saw no one mentioned the book story. No, at all. So no. that's telling us. No, I mean, I I think that because I think everyone again was just more happy that it seems to be a return to form that there's an episode being that's dealing with a a space phenomena and how do we get out of this um so again you know that that was something i was very very happy about i was glad that we saw that and i thought it was done pretty effectively so um 
Yeah, I think on that note, I love. I, that's why I enjoyed the episode. I, I, I definitely feel like it was a stronger entry than last, a much stronger entry than last week. I do agree with that. Yeah, but I think I would put it just above last week's, as far as my ordering for the season. Right, right. And I do uh, think that it did some of that, focusing on too many stories, many of which I did love. Right. I mean, did you? Did you? What about like? So Gray got some focus this week, which I thought was, you know, nice. Because it wasn't clear to us what was going to be done with him. Um, yes, and I really liked that he also was feeling, um, you know, he doesn't have a job. So yeah, it makes I like that he was just left sitting around. I like that the show was aware of that, right? He's not just, you know. Yeah, who- they didn't just say... Grab a calm. You're on the team. Something right, something. right. So I'll be curious to see what they do with him, if anything, uh, this coming yeah. season. Um, I did not like. Yeah, I guess that though. I didn't like the chips. I didn't like the Zora story. So then, therefore, that was Grace me. Hmm. And the bookstore. You said you, but you did like the bookstore. No, I didn't care. I don't know what he said. His dad was there, and his dad, his dad was telling him to go rogue. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't care about book going rogue or not going rogue. <laughs> it's, like, it's, yeah. there's, he shouldn't even be there anymore. Right. There's right. no way so, anyone would leave. This is the most sensitive thing. This thing could destroy everything. And they keep putting a guy who has his own ship. could take off at any moment and screw up everything they're trying to do. And they keep bringing him. Right. It's, it defies logic. Well, I, I'm again. You know, I, I thought it was. I thought this episode was. Uh, I enjoyed it. Again, better than last week. But um, where we were with the first four of the of the season, I want to get back to that. So, because they, yeah, they were, this is great. Though. This is a full disagreeal, disagreeal, disagreement. Disagreement, not a passionate disagreement, Roger. No, not passionate. Well, next week is the mid-season finale, and uh, we'll see how it is. I mean, as we always do. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Me too. I'm excited to see the. I'm excited to see next week. I really like the preview. Agreed. So with that, you can reach out to us on Instagram at in Star Trek We Trust Podcast, and you can talk to us on Twitter if you ever so please at Star Trek We Trust podcast. So with that, thanks for listening, homies. Peace Stay out. Peace out. And see you all in 20... Oh, no, we won't yet. No, right? Tw- see you all in 2022. Okay, what you mean? See you next year. And see you next year in 2022.